Hello and welcome to our latest Grazia Life Advice. I'm Lottie Jeffs and this time we're getting life tips from an author whose debut novel is set to be an instant bestseller. Hi, I'm Lizzie Damlula Blackburn and I'm the author of Yinka, Where Is Your Husband? which is out on the 31st of March 2022. And I'm this week's guest on the Grazia Life Advice podcast. Lizzie Damalola Blackburn has landed a two-book deal with Penguin after writing her hotly anticipated debut, Yinka, Where Is Your Husband?, while also working full-time at Carers UK. I, I couldn't believe it because I was like, me? Are you sure? Because like, I don't have like a, you know, a master's in creative writing or like a writing background. You know, I always loved writing when I was a kid, but then I stopped maybe like when I started secondary school. Coming up, Lizzie talks about the role religious faith plays in her life and how important it is to her well-being. Every morning as part of my devotion, you know, prayer and meditation, I make a list of 10 things that I'm grateful for. And it just kind of helps me to keep grounded, to have a bigger, better perspective on things as well. And she shares her worries about her ability to communicate. It led her to seek help from a speech and language therapist. I would compare the way that I speak with others. I didn't feel like I could express my thoughts in a, you know, articulate way. I know it sounds weird because you're probably thinking, oh, but you sound okay, but it's been this thing in my head where I just don't feel like sometimes my tongue and my brain connects. This is another fascinating and super positive conversation with an inspirational author. So let's get into it. Hi Lizzie, thanks so much for joining us on the Grazia Life Advice podcast today. How are you? Hi Lottie, I'm really good, thank you. I'm feeling very refreshed. It's a new week. How are you? I'm good. I'm not feeling refreshed, but I'm sure I will be after speaking, <laughs> speaking to you. How are you feeling about your um, amazing buzzed about novel, Yinka, Where Is Your Husband, coming out imminently? Wow, it feels surreal and um, I'm really excited also quite nervous as well because I know next year is going to be super busy but it's like good nerves as opposed to like bad nerves um but yeah super super excited I just can't believe it's yeah it's coming like I think less than five months or something like that because when did you finish the book that is there been a long period of time between finishing it and then it being read by people yeah so I finished it I think last year May and I got a publishing deal in June last year June so yeah it's been like over yeah it's been quite um, a long journey but I quite like the fact that it's gone at a very slow pace at a steady pace because I've been able to enjoy it a bit more. Maybe it's quite good as well to have a bit of distance between writing it and being like in the thick of the story and write and the creative process and then it coming out maybe that distance is quite healthy. It, yeah yeah and also um, I wasn't really actively on social media last year and I've, I've had to do that more so this year to help promote the book so I think kind of easing my way into social media has kind of yeah helped. <laughs> Interesting well maybe we'll come on to that in a bit because you're here to share your life advice with us um, and I'm really interested to talk to you more about your life advice. I've had a little peek before um, we've got into this conversation and there's some that I'm really excited to get into with you. So your first piece of advice Lizzie is in all things, give thanks. Where does this come from and what does it mean to you? Yes, so um, it actually comes from the Bible. It's repeated time and time in the Bible. I'm a Christian, FYI. You know, God places a lot of emphasis on being thankful and 
expressing gratitudes and that's something that I try to live my life by so every morning as part of my devotion you know prayer and meditation I make a list of 10 things that I'm grateful for and it just kind of helps me to keep grounded to have you know, a bigger better perspective on things as well and also it helps me from looking inwards and um, not just being so focused on myself and my problems mm. because there's other people out there who are in a worse you know, position than, than I am and, and there's so much to be thankful for. Yeah. Even if I'm going through like a rough time, I can always be thankful for the fact that I have two legs and two arms and, you know, eyes to see. Like it can be as basic as that, but um, yeah. Yeah. Is it hard to do that every day and find things every day to be grateful for because I can imagine if I was doing it I'd almost feel like I'd exhausted all the things I was grateful for (laughs) and that it might be more of a challenge but like a good challenge to actually then get to a point where you're like what am I really grateful Mm. for today do you know what I find myself repeating some of the same things for example always includes um the two book deal I got with Penguin and that's something I never want to take for granted because it's been so life-changing so, um, yeah, I do find myself repeating the same things. Like I'm grateful for my family and my friends, but actually it's a big deal because like I said before, you know, not many people, there's people out there who don't have some of the things that I have. So, um, yeah, it's very important for me to be as grateful as possible. Yeah. And I guess there's something in that idea of repetition and just really it being embedded as an idea to say the same thing every day. Like, I suppose that's what's so nice about prayer, like just mm. the repetition of of something. It almost becomes like a, a meditation or a mantra that you're yeah. telling yourself and it becomes more true the more times you say it. Exactly, yeah. And also it just gives me a sense of peace as well. And mm. I just get into a state where I'm so overwhelmed by God's love. Like, I just feel so blessed. Mm. And I've been through some rough times in the past, like in my, you know, growing up and just to see how far I've come, it just kind of makes me realise that, you know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. What's your second piece of life advice? So my second piece of life advice is strive for progression, not perfection. Okay, that (laughs) sounds good. And who did you learn this from? So I got this from my speech therapist and I was in two minds of whether to share this story but I think it might help some people out there so I'm going to share it so my speech has been something that I'm quite insecure about and I think it stemmed from even like when I was in school I always realized that I spoke differently from other people and I remember like a few kids would say to me like oh you speak kind of funny and I think I've internalized that over the years and I remember like especially when i started working full-time, I would compare the way that I speak with others. I didn't feel like I could express my thoughts in a, you know, articulate way. So I I know it sounds weird because you're probably thinking, oh, but you sound okay, but it's been this thing in my head where I just don't feel like sometimes my tongue and my brain connects. So I decided to see a speech therapist last year during lockdown, actually. Mm. And after doing a few testing, like she did diagnose me with like mild dyspraxia, where, which basically is you have difficulty pronouncing certain words, which I do. But also she said that she feels like it's my perfectionism that is more so the problem. The fact that I'm comparing myself to others and I want to be, 
I see them as being perfect and I kind of want to be like that. And she feels like I set a very high standard for myself. And she encouraged me to strive for progression, not perfection. So even if I speak and I stumble or I stammer or I'm not able to pronounce a word, like that's okay. You know, you can always go away and like practice how to say, you know, a long word mm. or do some things in the, you know, at home, like whether it's like recording yourself before a presentation to practice. So it's really helped my anxiety when it comes to like, you know, speaking in platforms like this mm. and also like, you know, speaking in public because for years I always felt like I was not as good as other people when it came to speaking. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I'm sure it will re- resonate a lot with with people who I'm sure a lot of people share that that anxiety. And I wonder if there that is kind of why writing became so important for you. Was that a way that you felt you could express yourself that was easier than than talking? Yeah, for sure. Like when it comes to writing, like I just I'm a different person <laughs> and the words come easily and it's just like a magical like spiritual experience. And yeah, I'm I'm more free when it comes to to writing. There has been times in the past when I've had to like speak in front of people where I'm just not myself. And I feel like like writing is a safe space for me where I can just be myself without like, without judgment. Yeah, it's nice to have the time with writing, isn't it? To just formulate your thoughts, to be able to kind of like press backspace on things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If only you could do that in like (laughs) things like this, natural speech, you know, just to be able to be like, ah, delete that. Actually, (laughs) what I meant was this. Mm -hmm. Um, I can totally understand that. Um, And and just back to the sort of speech idea in um, Yinka, Where's Your Husband?, for people who haven't seen the the front cover of the book, husband is spelt with a Z, right? And it's sort of language and speech and it's yeah. Nigerian, right? Accent. Yeah, Nigerian accent, yeah. It's so, it's so important to the book. Was that something that you were kind of exploring in writing this book as well? Yeah, um, it just kind of came naturally. I think I have a natural, like, witty, like, writing voice. So anywhere that I can kind of, like, play with words or just kind of bring humor um I I tend to to do that so um I thought there'll be like a funny twist to add (laughs) to the book yeah (laughs) yeah for sure your third piece of advice is to not stress which sounds simple but (laughs) perhaps isn't in real life what's your experience of stress and not stressing yeah so um this advice came from my dad and actually he he said that to me when I was planning my wedding back in 2018 and you know planning the wedding is not easy it's very stressful um we had over like 230 guests down to attend the wedding and um I remember just getting like quite stressy especially over the parking because the parking was rubbish for both the church and the reception venue and um, I called my dad and he said after I kind of like vented to him he said Lola which is my Nigerian name don't stress take it easy (laughs) and I think I was expecting like more practical advice but actually he was right like when you stress it's you can't get anything done you're just like in a state of like frantic and you're flustered and you can't think straight um and it's better to take one step back, take a breather, reflect, 
and then decide what you're going to do with a clear head. So when I do find myself in stressful situations, sometimes I do get my dad's voice at the back of my head saying, don't stress, take it easy. (laughs) And what's interesting to me about that story about stressing about the parking is it's one of those things that actually you're trying to control when if you just Mm. accepted that everybody parking their cars would be able to work it out for themselves and would find a solution for themselves, like Mm. people will be okay. I think I can be really guilty of that too, of trying to like micromanage everyone else's happiness and comfort. And then that makes me feel really stressed Mm. because I'm worried about them being (laughs) stressed. But sometimes actually, if you just think it's not my problem, like Mm -hmm. they'll figure it out. Yeah. That can really help. Yeah. I'm the same as well. Like just kind of like thinking about other people a bit too much <laughs> yeah and just not like accepting that you know they're grown ad- adults and they'll work it out um exactly yeah we're just going to jump to a quick break but we will be right back with more life advice and we're back with lizzie who is going to share her fourth piece of life advice with us lizzie if you don't ask the answer is always no Okay. Um, So tell me about this. Who said it first? Said it to you. Um, So my husband, Martin, my lovely husband, um, he says it a lot, (laughs) and he's more of a idealist, and I think I'm more of a realist. Like he's more likely to shoot for the stars, whereas I will ask like 101 questions, like, okay, how are we going to do it? What equipment do we need, etc. But he's always emphasising the importance of just kind of throwing your hat in the ring because you never know the outcome. Because if you don't ask, then mm-hmm. you could potentially miss out on opportunity. And um, also, if you ask, there's a 50-50 chance of it, the person saying yes or mm. something in between. Maybe they can't help. They can point you into the direction of someone else. Like so many possibilities and opportunities can, can come from just asking. Yeah. So you might as well. What do you think it is that holds you back from asking? Um, I think it's the fear of rejection and also the fear of not hearing back, which sometimes can be worse than someone saying no. Oh, yeah, it's the worst, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Silence. You kind of get paranoid and think, okay, like, did I say something wrong in my email? Like, should I have phrased it differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's the paranoia that comes afterwards. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Your fifth piece of advice is don't rush to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Is this something that you have done or wish you had done? So no, I don't have kids yet. So um, this advice is from my in-laws. So um, they got married back in the 80s and didn't have kids until like five years later. And people were kind of like, asking them okay where are the kids what's happening but they've always emphasized to my husband and I that we should take our time because once the kids come like they're not going back and <laughs> you know kids really shake up things um you can't move in the same way like you kind of have to put them first and prioritize them and kind of even base your timetable around them so I've been married for three and a half years and my husband and I are just going to, you know, do things at our pace and at our time and um, just enjoy the time that we have together and build a strong foundation mm. so that when the kids do come and it's stressful, we've yeah. got each other and, you know, we're solid. Do you find that you get a lot of pressure from family or friends to get a move on? Is it hard to 
keep that mentality when other people are pressurizing you um thankfully like my friends are not pressuring me like and um yeah i've got a good network of friends my mom as well she doesn't pressure me she just prays for me like okay when the time comes you know i just pray that you have a smooth pregnancy and healthy kids Mm. my dad on the other hand (laughs) because he wants to um move back to nigeria after he retires and i think that's like probably two years time He's keen for us to get a move on. So there has been times when we've gone over to visit where he's asked us and said, okay, like what's, what's happening now? Like, right. <laughs> where are the grandkids? <laughs> yeah. Which is for him, not for you, right? So yeah, you exactly. Perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Your sixth piece of advice is um, a lovely one. It is don't dim your light just to make others comfortable. Yeah, so this advice came from my sister, my older sister. And um, yeah, she's great. My older sister is like, you know, well accomplished. She's an educational psychologist. And she's not like shy about telling people like what she does and her achievements and how she got there. And I think for me, like I've in the past, I've been quite tentative because I never want to come across as if I'm being boastful or proud. But actually, your achievements can inspire someone. And um, especially if you kind of like talk about the journey as well, like how much, you know, hard work and sweat and tears went into getting to where you are today. So she's always just encouraged me to just, you know, shine bright as possible. Mm. And um, yeah, don't be intimidated by, by others as well. Absolutely. And a too big deal with Penguin is a pretty major thing that you should feel so proud about. Can you like tell me a bit about how it came about? Had you had any published um, fiction before your uh, book deal for Yinka? I think when things started to really change was when I entered the literary consultancy competition back in 2019 with an early draft of Yinka Where's Your Husband, which I'd been writing for like four years I won the competition and one of the agents on the panel, Nell Andrew, she took a great interest into me. And um, after following up with her, she decided to give me like formal representation. And from there, like things just kind of changed because she was great. She was very like hands-on and gave me a lot of like good editorial advice. And then I was able to finish my manuscript last year in May after a few like tweaks and edits from my agent. We then submitted to, um, I think, 18 or so publishers in June. But it was Penguin um, Viking UK imprints that they preempted it. So basically, they were able to read it very quickly and put an offer um, very quickly so that it was taken off the table. And yeah, it was just like mind blowing. (laughs) That's amazing. How did you like, how did you feel when you got that news? I, I couldn't believe it because... I was like, me? Are you sure? Like, because I don't have like a, you know, a master's in creative writing or like a writing background. You know, I always loved writing when I was a kid, but then I stopped maybe like when I started secondary school. Mm. Didn't get back into it until my early to mid twenties. So it's just amazing because there were many times while I was writing The Encourage Your Husband where I wanted to stop and I felt like it wouldn't go anywhere. And just to see like the end result it's just fascinating and it just shows that you should never give up so inspiring and were you doing a day job as well as writing yes yeah so um I was working at Carers UK which is a a charity that that advocates for unpaid carers and my team were great because they all knew that I was writing so um 
they were checking on me and asked, how's it going? And they just t- took a lot of interest as well. But it was hard to juggle the two, especially working in London and commuting from Milton Keynes, which is like two hour commute each way. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Where did you find the time to write? Were you just doing it on your phone on the train and stuff? Um, yeah, I'll take notes on my phone. Um, early hours, <laughs> like weekends, annual leave. I'll take like a week off to write. Yeah, just squeezing it anywhere I could really. Actually, lockdown was a blessing for me because that was that gave me the time to finish my manuscript. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And were you able to then share with your team, like we spoke about um, in the piece of advice about not doing it or like to make others comfortable? Did you feel like you were able to kind of share your success with your team or were you kind of reticent to really acknowledge it in front of them? Yeah. So I think initially I just shared the the UK book deal and then I told them about the US one later on I'm not too sure why I did that I think because it was lockdown and the pandemic and people were going through yeah like a rough time I just wanted to be mindful of when's the best time to like share this good news mm. yeah but they were super happy for me like mm. they were genuine with their feelings for sure what would be your advice to someone that was um just starting out with with writing who maybe felt like you you know that they hadn't done a creative writing I course they hadn't necessarily come from a family of writers or intellectuals or people that were kind of giving them a a foot up into that world what would be your advice to to somebody that wanted to write something and have it published I think the fact that you have that desire and the passion like don't ignore that and I would say also invest in yourself because yes you could have that you know talents and that desire to write but you can always learn the craft so you know reading books about you know storytelling maybe finding a mentor seeking out organizations such as Curtis Brown or Jericho or the literary consultancy spread the word that helps writers to refine their their craft so yeah invest in yourself as a writer because it will help you in the the long run and and don't give up as well Mm. I suppose like there's that thing of like taking yourself seriously as a writer because I think I've been guilty of that too in like trying to write a novel of like mm. I can't even say that I'm a writer like to even though I am professionally when I was writing a novel I'd never say I'm a I'm a novelist or yeah it's you're sort of like self-deprecating all the time and I think just mm-hmm. as you say to kind of find that that confidence in yourself to say this is what I'm doing even though I'm not a exactly quote unquote writer yet, I am writing and that therefore makes me a writer. Yeah, for sure. Your last piece of advice is some bad advice, which when I read it, <laughs> I thought, oh, that sounds like good advice to me. <laughs> so <laughs> can you tell me what it is and why it, it didn't work out for mm-hmm. you? So it's, well, if Beyonce can do it, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So um, the reason why it's bad advice, and it's nothing to, to do with Beyonce. We all know Beyonce is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's more so I'm putting like Beyonce on a pedestal, and Beyonce is someone that I see that she, you know she has done amazing things. Like she for Coachella, for example, like um, she was able to pull that off after having kids. I think like two years after, and sometimes I used to be like, wait a minute, if yeah. Beyonce can do that. How comes I can't manage to write like 500 words in a day? (laughs) But um, Beyonce is Beyonce and Lizzie is Lizzie. And it's not helpful to make comparisons. And also it's kind of fueling this idea that as a woman, you need to be able to do it all. 
mm-hmm. and to be Wonder Woman and be able to like multitask and be strong. And everyone has their limits. So, you know, some people can be night owls or mm-hmm. they can work crazy hours, but for someone else that can be mentally exhausting and physically exhausting as well. Mm. So I think it's just important to be true to yourself and to listen to your body as well. Like if your body's saying, okay, that's enough for today, then yeah, that's enough. (laughs) And don't give yourself a hard time about it. Absolutely. Well, Lizzie, it's been brilliant talking to you today. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your life advice. And I'm so excited for the book to come out into the world. Um, it's called Yinka, Where Is Your Husband? And do you know the date that it's out? Yes, so it's out on the 31st of March, 2022. Amazing. And um, yeah, you will read about it in all the magazines. Um, I'm sure it's really um, a hotly anticipated book. So seek it out listener and remember lizzie's life advice when you do so um thank you so much for joining us and good luck thank you so much for having me and as we always say if you enjoyed listening to lizzie please like share and review the grazia life advice podcast on apple or wherever you're listening to us it really helps us get the podcast noticed and get it heard by more people i'll be back next week so until then take care bye